Hi, I'm Josh and welcome to the Wild Nature Photography Podcast, the podcast that talks the art and craft of nature photography. It is the 1st of December 2021 and this is podcast number 32. We are getting very close to the end of 2021 and I know there are a lot of people out there, myself included, that will be very pleased to see the to see the back of this year and to hopefully get into 2022 with a new start. Well, I would love to see pandemic free, but with the new variant going around, that simply isn't going to be the case. We're going to just have to learn to live with this virus, I think, and learn to live with the fact that we're going to need booster shots every six months or 12 months or whatever that might end up being. Pain in the ass, but that's what it is. And uh, I think at this point in time, we all just need to try and get back to the new normal of life, whatever that might be. Uh, for me, that's going to mean travel and photography, and that is something that I have um, very, very much missed during the pandemic. You know, the recent trip I did to Finland, I was just thrilled to be able to get back out of the country and get back to what I love doing, really, which was being out in nature with my camera, sharing it with like-minded, passionate individuals, uh, and being able to make great photographs. So that's my feeling about 2000, the end of 2021. I'm, I'm very going to be very glad to see the back of it. And uh, to roll into 2022, my first trip being the 5th of February when I head to Iceland for the Arctic Fox and then back to Finland for winter. So more to say about those as we get closer. Those are not the topic of today's podcast. Today's topic is going to be the Canon EOS R3 and first impressions of this camera. So I picked up the camera on Friday last week. That was the 26th of November. That was the day it was officially released. Uh, I believe I picked up the first one in in, uh, in the country. Uh, I was very excited to pick it up, get it home, get it out of the box and, and start testing it. I did also pick up an RF 14-35 to 35 as well um, and I'm pretty impressed with that lens. I'll, I, I may do a podcast about that later. It, it's, it's a very good wide-angle lens option uh, for travel for anyone who's looking for, for a wide-angle lens for the R-mount system. So let's talk about first impressions of the R3. So I guess I w- I'm going to do this as a uh, comparison to the Canon EOS 1DX Mark III because that's been my go-to wor- workhorse for nature photography. I own two of them. I love them. They're fantastic cameras. Um, and really, the reason I decided to purchase the R3 mirrorless camera was because of the eye autofocus. Now, I'll come to the eye autofocus in a minute. I just want to talk about the build quality uh, of the Canon EOS R3 first. Now, Canon have marketed and this camera as being built to a similar standard to the EOS 1DX or the 1D line of cameras. Um, it's a lot lighter. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it's not stronger, but it definitely is a lot lighter than a 1DX, at least a pound. I haven't weighed the two side by side, but in the hand, there's a huge difference. And I do very much appreciate the lighter weight option of the R3. In the hand, it's really, really nice. Lightweight is always good. There's no doubt in my mind, though, that the articulated LCD screen is a weak point. Uh, on this camera, and to be honest with you, it wouldn't take much of a twist to rip it off. Um, now, I'm very hard on my equipment when I'm in the field, and I would never obviously deliberately rip off the articulated LCD screen, but I might easily knock it um, when I'm in the field, and my main concern is going to be in extreme cold how brittle it's going to become. So I think as far as the LCD screen is going to be concerned, I'm not going to be articulating it. I'm not going to be taking it out. Uh, there's just no reason for me to do so in almost every situation except very, very few. So in order to avoid breaking it, I'm just simply going to leave it folded in place. Um, 
I still wish the R3 had come out with a fixed LCD screen. I really, I really do. I know I'm in the minority there. So that's just my opinion. It's, I would have sacrificed that little bit of flexibility for a more rugged build just based on the types of pieces that I like to photograph in. So there, there's no doubt, as I said, that the articulated LCD screen, that's the weak point in this camera. Um, in terms of view of overall build quality, it does feel very solid. You know, it's got that nice magnesium structure. It feels, I'd say, more like a hybrid camera in terms of its build quality between an R5 and a 1DX. I don't think it feels as solid as a 1DX. You know, I like to say I could hammer a nail in with the 1DX. I wouldn't want to try that with a with an R3. I have also dropped a, a 1 Series camera from a helicopter as I was coming in to land on the glacier in New Zealand. Um, we were not particularly high up, but uh, it bounced across the ice. I didn't have a lens on the camera. I was actually changing lenses at the time. And uh, due to the cold, I think it was about minus 30, my fingers were completely numb. I literally just dropped the camera. It fell out of the helicopter, it landed on the ice with a crash, bounced across the ice. We landed, I picked it up, put a lens on it, and the camera just kept working. Now, if I'd done that with pretty much anything else, it would be in a million pieces. And I wouldn't want to try it with an R3 either, to be honest. Uh, I think uh, there's that, again, that articulated LCD screen being a weak point, uh, I think it would just uh, end up in, in pieces. Not that I'm condoning you should drop your, your uh, cameras from helicopter, not at all, but build quality is very important to me, and I am very, very hard on the gear. I tend to kick it around. They're just tools for me uh, to capture the photographs, so I'm, I am rough with them, and I, I need them to be tough. So I guess that's the first comparison and impression build quality-wise. The light, As I said, the lighter weight is a definite plus, um, that's the uh, that's the main advantage for me. Um, let's talk for a little bit about um, the buffer of the R3 because and how many photographs you can actually take. Now, in high speed mode, the camera will basically shoot raw um, files unlimited. Well, I certainly got bored of holding the shutter down after 20 seconds. It, it just keeps on going. It's not going to run into a buffer with a high speed card. But in high speed plus. I'm only getting about 200 shots or about five seconds or so of shooting before the camera is stopping. And it stops for about a second or so, perhaps a bit less, starts again, then stops again. Uh, and I don't believe this is a buffer issue. I actually think, after talking to my friend Dave today in the States, he's also got an R3, uh, and he's experiencing the same thing. I believe this is a processor issue. The processor is not able to move all those images from the sensor to the buffer and onto the card um, before it stalls. Uh, and that's what's happening because the cards are fast enough at 1400 megabits a second to write 30 frames a second for a 24 megapixel file. So I don't believe that this is a card issue and I don't believe this is a buffer issue. I believe this is a processor issue. Uh, and that's not something that can be fixed in firmware. So I think this could be a deliberate crippling of the Canon EOS R3 by Canon. Uh, no doubt once the R1 ships, that will not have this limitation. Like a 1DX Mark III, I can shoot raw files pretty much non-stop at 20 frames a second and not have any issue. I can just keep going thousands of frames and won't hit the buffer, won't hit a processor issue. Uh, it just keeps going. Whereas the R3 runs out of steam. Uh, as I say, I think it's the processor that's causing that problem. Uh, after about five to six seconds of shooting or roughly 200 frames, um, the camera stops, stutters, starts again, stops, stutters, starts again. So it's having trouble clearing the files. Now, this is not going to be an issue for a lot of people, but it is an issue if you are waiting to shoot birds that are taking off or um, that are potentially coming into land if you're pre-focused on a particular place. The only way to get these, uh, these kind of shots is to basically leave the hammer down so you're continually shooting, waiting for the bird to take off. Uh, you just can't do that with an R3 because you're going to run into this limitation. 
Uh, I can do it with a 1DX Mark III. Now, as I said, it's only going to occur mostly with birds. You know, if you're shooting wolves, polar bears, any large mammals, it's really not going to be a problem because for most large mammals, perhaps except a cheetah, you really don't need 30 frames a second anyway. Um, 15 is plenty, 20 is heaps, uh, and you're just not going to run into this buffer issue. But for birds, when you're waiting for action and you're continually shooting, another um, example might be if you've got penguins that are jumping through surf and you're trying to get the penguin exploding out of the surf the only way to do that is continually to be shooting the wave waves non-stop and hoping to catch the penguin coming out now you can end up with thousands of images on the camera uh, and then you only end up with three or four that are good with the penguin coming out but you can't predict when the penguin's going to come out so the same would apply again to things like breaching whales uh, if you're trying to photograph breaching whales you just need to keep the hammer down and keep shooting and wait for that whale to come out of the water because you can't predict when it's going to happen now that's not going to be something you can do easily with an r3 so that that is a big problem for this camera it's it's disappointing to me that that this is one of the achilles heels of the r3 uh, it's not going to be a problem for a lot of sports photographers um, i think it's mostly going to be an issue for wildlife uh, when you're waiting for that decisive moment and you have no option but continue to shoot to try and capture it. Because if you're waiting for an eagle to swoop down from a tree, for example, and this I think this is a very good example, by the time that eagle starts to leave the tree, if you're not shooting, it's too late. You've already missed those decisive moments when the wings are coming up uh, and that's the shot you really, really want to get. So you have to be shooting before that eagle starts moving, which means that you're shooting nonstop waiting for the eagle to move and you're going to consistently run into this buffer issue. So that, or it's not a buffer issue, it's a processor issue. So I've already spoken to Canon CPS here in Australia about it this morning. I know my friend Dave in the States has spoken to CPS in the States as well. Neither uh, CPS USA or CPS Australia has given us any sort of definitive answer on this. Quite frankly, I don't think they have the experience in the field with this camera to say either way, but I've had my findings confirmed by Dave, uh, and uh, likewise, he's had his findings confirmed by me. This is a limitation of the R3. Now, let's come to the eye tracking on this camera. So, the eye tracking is outstanding. When it gets, when it's on the eye, it's stick. It sticks, and it sticks pretty much no matter what. It's really, really good. Uh, this is the main reason I actually bought this camera is to test the eye focus. And I have to say it is outstanding. Now why we can't actually have this capability in the 1DX Mark III, I don't know, because with the mirror locked up, the 1DX Mark III is effectively a mirrorless camera and should be able to have eye tracking capability if Canon were going to give it to us in a firmware update. They haven't, which is why I bought the R3. And I have to say, I am really, really impressed with the eye tracking. Now, there are issues with it, though. It's not issue-free. The big issue, really, with eye tracking is, again, if you're trying to focus on a point, let's say it's a tree branch, and you're waiting for a bird to come in and land on that perch, the camera doesn't know what to do. So it's, it will focus on the branch, but then it will jump to other branches around it or something nearer to the camera. It doesn't know to stick to that spot. Even when you're using spot autofocus, it still continues to jump around. So I need to do some more experimenting there and just see what that issue is and, and if it can be overcome with uh, one of the different cases, perhaps. Um, I know in the 1DX Mark III, for example, when I'm photographing wolves, I tended to use case four which is the adaptive case, unless it was snowing. And then the focus points would tend to jump to the snow. So I would use case two, which is stickier and would mean that the camera would tend to ignore uh, the snowflakes that were coming down and would just stick to the wolf. So I need to do a bit more experimentation with the R3 uh, in regards to this. But my feelings so far are that the eye tracking is incredible. Uh, 
It absolutely is. But if you're trying to not focus on the eyes uh, and focus on something else, the camera seems to have a bit of a hard time knowing what to do uh, and knowing to stick on the point that you want it to stick on. So again, more experimentation there required. Um, this is just a first impressions podcast, really. Uh, I haven't had much of a chance to use the camera in anger in anywhere except my backyard and birds. Um, but these are my experiences so far to date with uh, with photographing birds. Now, let's shift gears again on the R3 and talk about noise for a moment. So I've done a lot of comparisons over the last five days between 1DX Mark III and Canon R3 CR3 RAW files at various ISOs. And up to about ISO 51000, there is basically no appreciable difference in noise between a Canon 1DX Mark III file and a Canon R3 file. They are essentially identical. There's absolutely nothing in it. Uh, what this tells me is that sensor technology in terms of noise has more or less plateaued. Uh, even though the R3 has a brand new um, BSI backside illuminated sensor, it doesn't really offer any advantage over the sensor in the 1DX Mark III in terms of noise. As I said, it's almost identical. Very similar megapixels too. The 1DX Mark III is 21 megapixel, the R3 is 24, so there's almost nothing in it in terms of resolution. And there's certainly nothing in it in terms of noise. It's just too close to call either way which one might be better. They're effectively identical. Until you get to 51,200 and 102,000, at, at those extreme ISOs, I would give a very slight edge to the 1DX Mark III in green structure, uh, but otherwise basically identical. And the, 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 the ceiling limit, if you like, for a usable ISO is 12,800. Once you get above that, you really are starting to lose a lot of detail, um, and you're giving up far too much uh, image quality for noise. So like the 1DX Mark III, 12,800 is a useful ceiling to know, to, uh, to set for yourself if you're out shooting in the field. You know, using, um, using denoise, you can, you can uh, basically recover the file and get a fantastic image up to 12,800. I have created a set of uh, noise presets for the Canon EOS R3 based on all the work I've done on the last few days. Um, those are presets for Adobe Lightroom that you can uh, apply on import for the Canon EOS R3 and for the Canon EOS 1DX Mark III. They are slightly different, the presets, uh, in the very extreme high ISOs. Um, that's just representative of the fact that the 1DX Mark III does have a slightly better green structure in those extreme high ISOs. But as I said, try and keep to 12,800. That's the real ceiling for these cameras, in my opinion. After that, you're just losing too much image quality. So uh, in doing these comparisons, a lot of work was done, a lot of comparisons at 100%, 200%, 400%, and even 800% in Adobe Lightroom, comparing these files to look to see how they compare, what the noise levels were, and adjusting and tweaking the sliders to really optimize the noise reduction. You can purchase these presets for $10 through my, uh, through my website. Um, or if you've traveled with me in any shape or form on a workshop or expedition, just drop me an email at uh, info at jholko, J-H-O-L-K-O.com, and I'll send the presets to you for free, and you can then apply them on import. So I think that's well worthwhile um, doing. You, know, you, you can also, of course, um, do additional noise reduction with uh, something from like DxO's um, Denoise. That does a very good job as well. But having a preset as a starting point is a really nice way to go. So as I said, you can get those from my website, um, and apply them on imports. So, okay. So I think that's probably about it. First impressions. Oh, battery life. Let's just talk about battery life for a moment. At the moment here in Australia, we are coming into summer. It's in the high twenties, uh, low 30 degrees Celsius at the moment. So I really can't test battery life, uh, very well. 
All I can say is, so far, so good. I haven't had any battery issues. In talking to Dave over in the States, where he lives at the moment, it's below freezing. Uh, he's telling me he is having issues with the battery dropping quite fast. I won't know for sure until I get to Finland in February, when it's going to be minus 30 uh, and below, just how this camera uh, and battery are going to do in the cold. There's no question this thing eats battery faster than a 1DX Mark III. You know, I, I have shot with 1DX Mark III in minus 40, minus 50, all day with a battery, a single battery, and thousands of images and not had an issue. I don't believe that's going to be possible with an R3. I think it's going to require multiple batteries. Uh, and I just want to make sure, of course, that the camera is actually going to work and the EVF will work properly in the cold. That's a, that's a big unknown for me. Very interesting to hear Dave's feedback. He told me that he'd been for a walk in the woods for about an hour and uh, with a full battery in the R3. And after a very short period of time, the battery had already dropped one bar. That's not a very good sign for battery life in the R3. So we're just going to have to wait and see how that goes. I'll do more uh, re reviewing and testing of the R3 in Iceland and Finland in the cold, and we'll talk more about that at, um, at that point in time. Now, there was something else I wanted to talk about on the R3 as well. Um, and it's just popped out of my, just popped out of my mind. So I'll come back to it. Um, I'll come back to it in a moment. I think we've covered most things. We've covered the weight, the build quality, my thoughts on the autofocus eye tracking, this issue that we're running into with buffer and processor. That, that is a, you know, just coming back around to that, that really is a bit of a problem. I'm not sure that that can be overcome in any way. It annoys me that Canon crippled the camera like this knowing full well that this is a sports and wildlife camera and it's going to be going at high speed a lot. They really should have put a processor, dual digits in this thing, uh, or a big enough buffer. But as I say, I think it's a processor to keep this thing going at 30 frames a second for more than about five seconds of shooting. Um, that that annoys me. No doubt that will not be an issue in the R1 when it comes out, just like a 1DX Mark III. I'm sure it will be able to go forever, but we're probably not going to see that camera for at least two years, I would think. So... That's um, that's disappointing. That's probably my biggest disappointment with the R3, to be honest. Um, more more work is required on the autofocus um, when you're not trying to track eyes, as I talked about when you're trying to focus on branches and things like that. But I think that's workable. Just getting to know the camera will probably get around that issue. But this issue of uh, processor speed is a big one that really can't be overcome. Okay, so there was another thing I wanted to talk about, and that was the not the eye tracking capability of the R3, but the ability for eye focus, where you can look through the viewfinder where you want the camera to focus. This is something I have not yet had a chance to play with and test. Um, I will try and do so over the coming weeks and days um, as I get more time. I'm in two minds about whether I actually want to use it. I really don't know enough about it. I need to get into the camera's menus. I need to experiment with it and see how well it works for me uh, and test it. I know it works for some people extremely well. I actually had this this capability in the original EOS 3 many, many decades ago now. And um, back then, I really didn't use it. And I probably didn't test it enough back then either. But now I will test it in this, in this R3 and just see how useful it is. Um, again, I think, you know, it, preliminary um, testing from what I've seen other people who have done, it works well for some and not for others. So we'll test that as well. And um, we'll also report on that in due course once I know more. So just kind of summing up my thoughts, you know, 
my initial impressions of the R3. I like it. Um, I do think it feels like a hybrid camera in terms of view of its build quality between a 1DX and a, and a 5 Series camera. I love the eye tracking capability that's built into the focus. Why Canon won't give me that in the 1DX Mark III, I do not know. It should be, uh, it should be easy to do with firmware because the camera with the mirror locked up is effectively a mirrorless camera. So, um, I know that there is a new firmware update coming for the 1DX Mark III. It doesn't list anything to do with iFocus. I just really hope that we might get that in the future because I think, quite honestly, if Canon gave me that capability in the 1DX Mark III, I really don't think I'd have a need for the mirrorless R3. Um, I think I could do everything I want with the 1DX Mark III. But I do like the R3 very, very much. I just need to spend more time with it. My initial impressions are all very, very good. I don't want to sound negative about anything uh, because I do like the camera. I think it's beautifully built. I think the form function... Uh, form factor is wonderful. I love the fact that it's light. Uh, it, it feels good in the hand. The buttons fall very naturally under my fingers. It's interesting. Things have been shrunk a little bit from the 1DX Mark III, and that's kind of how this thing feels. It feels a bit like a baby 1DX uh, in the hand. And I've got particularly large hands, but everything still falls well under my fingers. There are a couple of buttons that have been moved slightly. Things like the Q button are in a different place, so uh, and the info button. So my fingers going to those automatically through muscle memory. I'm going to the wrong button. So that just is a time issue. I need to spend some more time uh, with the camera to get uh, a better feeling for where things are. Uh, I haven't bothered at all with the video functionality. It's just not something I do. The people who are interested in video will do that for themselves, I I'm sure. Um, for me, this is going to be a stills camera tool. So that's really where I'm going to focus my efforts, pardon the pun. So I think that's it. That's my initial thoughts, my initial impressions of the EOS R3. Um, I will say this also, I've been testing it with the 400mm 2.8 EF with an RF to EF adapter, and that adapter is working absolutely seamlessly. There is, I see no reason at all to, to really upgrade these lenses from EF mount to RF mount because the, the, the camera just seems to work just fine with the, with the adapter. It doesn't slow anything down. It's basically seamless and transparent. So uh, I am very, very happy with that aspect of the, of the, of the camera system as well. I think that's been very well, very well thought out. So let's leave, let's wrap it up there uh, on the EOS R3. I'll have more to say after I've done some more testing in the field. Uh, I'm Josh. It has been the 1st of December 2021, podcast number 32. And I look forward to seeing you out in the field where I'll be testing the R3 and comparing it to my favorite camera, the 1DX Mark III. Take care.